legs of financial excellence, of kingdom financial excellence. One leg is generosity. One leg is, is giving, uh, is tithing, is doing the releasing the money the way God says to. The other leg is stewarding and being a good steward of the finances God entrusts uh, us uh, with. And uh, we had an amazing discussion in our, one of our growth groups last, or the, one of my growth groups last week. And um, we're just talking about just how some people find one leg really easy and natural. And other people uh, find the other leg really easy and natural. And, and it's so, it's, it's really hard to walk with two legs. But it's when you do start walking with two legs, suddenly you start going places. Um, and what I want to speak about today is, so the, uh, the passage we've really been sort of set as over, over this series is uh, Luke 16, 10 and 11. It says, whoever can be trusted with very little, speaking about money, the context of that passage is, is with very little. Uh, one translation says the least. Whoever can be trusted with the least uh, can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. If you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? I think that's funny. Like people say, well, when I start getting more, I will give. This says you won't. <laughs> not me. Don't blame me. Jesus said that. Get angry at Jesus. And, um, and, and sometimes it's like, well... Some people's challenges, well, I actually earn too much to tithe 10%. It's like, okay, well, look, God can help you learn less, if you like, if that makes life easier for you. <laughs> so, um, so, but with the, the passage I want to work from this morning is just two verses down, uh, Luke 16, 13, which says, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So what I really want to look at this morning is what is your relationship with money like? What is your relationship with money like? If you hate money, does the topic of money, while you, you just hate the topic of money, you hate discussing it, you hate budgeting, you hate thinking about it, you just don't like it. What this passage says, if that's your response, it, it comes from serving God and money. If you're just serving one, God or money, it says you're really not going to have a problem with the other one. So you see some people we know from the they're worldly people, they're not what we would call Christians. And they don't give a hoot that I'm a Christian. They just call me, you know, nice, you know, they love that I'm a God botherer. And they, <laughs> you know, and that, that's nice for them. But you see some people that hate God. They hate Him. And this is actually because they're, they're serving money. And, and, they're, they're, and they're, trying to, they're trying to serve two masters. And it's like they, they, they try to live with an eternal perspective. They understand, they know there's an eternal perspective, but they can't submit to it. And, and they, they end up with a really just dis destructive relationship to one or the other. But if we're in church, we, we know we are people who love God. We know we serve God. We know we're here because we love God. And so it's not, uh, people in here aren't people who hate God, but we still find people that have this negative response to money, to the topic of money. They're just, there's a frustration that comes about, a fear and an anxiety that comes out with the topic of money. And what Jesus is explaining here is that if you're getting that reaction, it's because you are serving two masters. You are serving two masters. And, and what uh, one of the, the over you know, whelming thing that we keep hearing through this is, is God's not after our money, He's after our hearts. And so what I would love for us to come away with from this series is to just serve God. Just, 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 and, and 
And I just want to just go through some a, r- a real teaching sort of sermon this week, which um, isn't like me. I have to use my notes. I'm going to really try to be disciplined and use my notes. Um, and, and I want us to just work through the scriptures and actually see what God says and help us to align our hearts and our minds and our lives with the scripture. So there's this passage in, um, in Luke 12, and it says this. It says, it's Jesus again speaking, Luke 12, 33. It says, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a, um, a treasure in heaven that will never fail. For where, you're, uh, where no thief comes near, no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We read things like that, and, we, and just the walls go up. The walls are up, man. You're like, get away from my money. Get away. I, I work hard for my money. My money feeds my kids. My money puts clothes on our backs. My money pays for our insurance. It pays for our house. Uh, you can have some of it, but you're not having all of it. <laughs> and so we, ha- we, and w- and we hear scriptures like that, and we sometimes when the preacher is talking about money, our filter actually says, tells us they want all my money. That's all they're after is my money. And the, the filter we're hearing is saying, and this is something you would have heard this, all the church is interested about is your money. You would have heard it. Uh, you know, and, and, I, and there is some dishonest people and some people that, that have given, you know, Put, give me a certain amount of money, I'll write your name on my aeroplane and that type of thing. Which, which, but, the, but by and large, that's not the church. And by and large, if you use an intelligent mind, you know that's not the church. You'll know that's not been your overarching, overriding experience with the church. And if you've been part of this church for more than a, a, you know, a short period, you'll, you'll know that, yeah, we, we don't, we're not afraid to talk about money, but we're not after your money. And, but still, whenever the topic comes up, the walls come up. The, the walls just, just come straight up and we're just like, no, you can't have my money. And because somewhere in our head we like, God wants all, wants all of it and doesn't want us to have any because we've got to give it all to the poor. And, and so it's like, firstly, what I want to do before we go the deeper is I want you to see how God wants your financial situation to look before we go any deeper. Deuteronomy 15.4. This is talking about where, where God's actually preparing the people to go into the promised land. And he says this, However, there need be no poor people among you, for in, the law, uh, for in the land the Lord your God is giving you to possess as your inheritance, he will richly bless you. That word for means because. There need be no poor people among you, because in the land you're going to, God will richly bless you. There doesn't need to be any poor people because you will be bl- richly blessed. That's what it's saying. That's what it's saying. Ne- next passage I want to look at <laughs> is, uh, is Proverbs 10.22, which is, describes this blessing. Describes this blessing. It says, The blessing of the Lord brings wealth without painful toil for it. And that without painful toil for it is a whole other thing. which are just The blessing of the Lord bl- brings wealth. Okay, yeah, but this Old Testament, Jacob, the Bible talks about you know, wealth isn't really money, it's good feelings and nice and happy and peaceful. Let me just show you, in context, what the blessing of the Lord looks like. To understand the blessing that we have, it's a blessing that God gave to Abraham. Now, Abraham's blessing 
passed on to generations. And the scripture is really clear. It says we inherit this blessing. And this is what this blessing looked like on Abraham. It's the same blessing you've got and what it looked like on the original guy. Uh, This is his servant talking about him to someone. He says, the Lord has blessed my master abundantly. Okay, cool. So we've got a really good expression. He's been blessed abundantly. We have a really clear picture of what the blessing looks like. He has become wealthy. Good feelings, nice health, joy, peace. Okay, let's find clarity. He's given him sheep and cattle, silver and gold, male and female servants and camels and donkeys. That in that day is a picture of all of the stuff. It's the stuff. It's the business. It's the, it's the economic uh, increase. It, it, it's the stuff. But it says become very wealthy. And that's what the blessing looks like on someone. Let's just take it further because it's an inherited blessing which went next person it was, went to was his son Isaac. And let's just see what it looked like on Isaac. Genesis 26, 12, 13. Isaac planted crops in that land and in the same year reaped a hundredfold. Because the Lord blessed him, the man became rich. And his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. This is the blessing that's on you. This is God's, this, this is God's attitude towards you regarding finances. This is his heart towards you. And you really got to understand, it's like he's generous. He, he's generous. His attitude towards you is, is that you are financially successful. That's his attitude towards you. Uh, in in uh, Psalm, 20, uh, Psalm 35, it says this, and this is an important thing. It says, but let all my friends, 35, 27, and I'm reading from the Passion, let all my, friend, my true friends shout for joy. All those who know and love you, talking about God, and what I do for you, for you let them all say, the Lord is great. And he delights in the prosperity of his servant. Another translation says, let them continually say, he rejoices in the prosperity of his servants. This is his heart towards us financially. This is his heart towards us financially. Um, and then we've got this another amazingly inspirational passage. Luke 22, 33, which is where we started with. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out. Treasure in heaven that will never fail. Where the thief comes, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is there. So hang on, hang on. It seems like a massive, massive contradiction. What is going on there, God? In one hand, it says that you want me to be financially prosperous. And then this verse says you want me to give it all away. Which is it? Well... It's important that we get this in context. It's important that we get it in context. The text outside of the context is a con. It's it's a misunderstanding at best. So we're understanding, firstly, we've got this really clear picture that God does want us, not, not just wants us to be financially prosperous, He's put His blessing on us. He's put a blessing on us. That can't, and it says, with that blessing, remember we read in Proverbs, with that blessing comes wealth. With it comes wealth. It's part of our inheritance as God's kids. <laughs> and just, just to make it a tiny bit clearer, listen to this. Praise the Lord, Psalm 112, 1 to 3. Praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. Their children will be mighty in the land. 
the generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their house, houses, and their righteousness endures forever. Wealth and riches are in their houses. So what's that? So we can sell it and give it to the poor? What's going on here? What's going on here? In context. In context. Let's put it in context. Before Luke chapter 12, verse 33 and 34, particularly verse 33, comes a story that Jesus told. And we're going to pick it up. So we're Luke chapter, not just a few, few verses back to Luke chapter 15. And we're going to pick it up from there. Then he said to them, that's Jesus. Someone had asked him a question about money. Someone had asked him a question about money, and he said, this is his answer. Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Life does not consist in, the, in an abundance of possessions. He knows that you're blessed, and part of the blessing is abundance. He said, but that's not even the main thing. That doesn't, that's, doesn't, it's not the big picture. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said to them, uh, sorry, then he thought to himself, what shall I do? I've no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store up my surplus grain and I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take it easy, eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded of you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be for whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. That little key at the back. It's not for those who store up things for themselves. It says, but are not rich toward God. We saw here, he had enough. And then there was surplus. We shared, a, we shared a testimony just before which taught us about our surplus, which taught us about managing our surplus. And this is where we start to find the balance, the evenly dividing the Scripture is how the Bible ta- teaches us to process Scripture, is to evenly divide it. Some people will take the earlier part I taught and run with that. Oh, God wants me blessed and rich and I'll buy, you know, and just do it all and hoard it like this man or we'll build bigger barns. But that's not evenly divided. Some people live poor and call it holy and everything they get, they give away. And, but they don't have much so they can't actually do much because they're poor and they call it holy and they judge people with money and they say the rich should. Well, no, you should be rich according to the first part we read. That's just what the Bible says. That's not me. So it's like somewhere in there is what we call evenly dividing the Scripture, which means both, both. Rich toward uh, ourselves and where God's rich towards us and we're rich towards Him. It's a giving contest. It's a giving contest. And I promise you, you will not win. You will not win. I love that passage we read in, in, um, in, in Psalms. It says, Bless, praise the Lord. Blessed are those who fear the Lord, who find great delight in His commands. It says, their children will be mighty in the land. The generations of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in their house, and their righteousness endures forever. It's like, we can give God bits and stuff, but He can make our children thrive. 
He says, our children will be mighty. and That can only come from God. He, he can outgive you. And so we're at this point where, okay, when I'm dealing with God, we have to start, our base understanding is that He's generous. He wants us to be prosperous. He wants us to thrive financially. We have to have that as our base understanding when we come to God with the under, with talking about money. He's not trying to take anything off you. He, he wants you to live an amazing life. And His way is the best way. So when God talks to you about money, let's not put up a wall. Let's actually sort of hang on. No, no, no. This is my kind and generous father who wants to talk to me and help me in this area. And, and help. So, so now we can say, say, hey, God, here I am. Talk to me. And then he starts to talk to us like this. This is Genesis chapter 22, speaking about the blessing, specifically speaking about the blessing. Remember, we've just, this is, and he's talking to Abraham, the guy who the blessing was originally given to. And this is how he spoke about this blessing to, God, to the guy Abraham. He's given him this phenomenal blessing, which we read earlier, we made him really rich, and that went on to his kids, and they were, became really rich. But then in that original conversation, this is how he's talking to him about it. He says to Abraham, verse, uh, chapter 22, verse 17, I will surely bless you. And make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and, in the, um, and as the sand in the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies. And through your offspring, all nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. Starting to get the picture there. You are amazingly blessed and through you, everyone will be blessed. We're starting to see the picture here. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. This blessing we've got on us. And I'm not talking about the stuff. I'm talking about the anointing of the blessing. The blessing that God gave us when we come into Him. Like He said, this blessing we have to have before we can receive the Holy Spirit. This blessing is on us so that we can be a blessing. And the, the ultimate picture here is talking about the Lord Jesus coming. But we still are heirs of Abraham, which means we've still got the same mandate, blessed to be a blessing. And so we start to look at, the. Per, I like this as, I think this is the perfect New Testament. We want to talk about evenly dividing Scripture. This, this is how we look at understanding finances in the kingdom. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and starting at verse 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And that's talking about giving money, it's talking about finances, but it's also talking about practically. You sow a small amount of grain, you'll reap a small, uh, you only reap a small amount, sow a large amount, it, it crosses over, but it's specifically talking about money here. We'll also reap sparing, uh, the, the whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. That's why we're encouraging him to pray about what you're going to offer to God for the building pledge, for the faith pledge. It's like, we don't, like, no, no, it's got to be it's between you and God. Get your number from God and, and do it cheerfully. And yes, it's going to cost you because it's going to be a step of faith, but we're doing it because cheerfully and not compulsion. And, God, and then this is, so, so we're seeing there, part of the blessing here is we can see that there's a sowing and reaping dynamic in it. And then in verse 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly. 
cool. We've just spoken about that. He wants us amazingly blessed. Uh, it goes on. So that in all things, at all times, having all you need, you will abandon every good work. He wants you blessed so that at all times you can be a blessing. He's not talking about going bankrupt yourself. He's saying you're blessed and at all times so you can be a blessing. What if you've just cleaned yourself out? How can you be a blessing again? It goes on. This passage is the New Testament in a nutshell of, of, of kingdom prosperity. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be enriched in every way. So that you'll be enriched in every way. That's talking about finances in this, the context of this passage. You will have the blessing of Abraham and the abundance that's attached to it. So that, so that. You can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. You are blessed to be a blessing. You can't be a blessing if you're not blessed. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. That thanksgiving will go to God. Glory to God. You are blessed to be a blessing that, that God's glorified. This is, this is proper understanding. It's when God starts to speak to you about money. When God starts to speak to you about money, He's like, hey, I'm a generous God. And you know what? I'm a rich God. And you know what? You're just like your dad. He wants you to be rich and generous. That's, that, that's kingdom, that is kingdom finances. He wants you to be rich and generous. He's not talking about having, breaking down your barns and building bigger ones and hoarding. He's not saying that. He's saying, yeah, you have enough and you've got surplus and give that. Use that to be a blessing. Luke chapter, 19, uh, Luke, Luke chapter 16, verse 9. This is a really clear picture. This is the picture that, uh, that God wants us to see. This is the Lord Jesus. And he's, he, he, says, he says this. I tell you, you use worldly wealth to gain friends. So we, remember, we started in Luke 16. We started in Luke 16. We... The earliest part was whoever can be trusted with little can also be trusted with much. That, that God, if you can be trustworthy with money, God will trust you with true riches. This is the start, verse chapter 16. Then we've read on about you can't serve two masters. Otherwise, you're going to have a toxic relationship with money. And then further down in, verse six, in chapter 16, we're now, um, sorry, just, just before that in, in, verse, in chapter 16, we're saying this is where Jesus starts to talk to us. He says, I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you'll be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. That is what comes before being trusted. He says, using that money to gain friends. What on earth does that mean? Does that mean like, you know, being that kid at school that buys everyone stuff so he's got friends? <laughs> yes and no. It's motive. It's talking about, it's talking about, it's heart here, remember? It's after your heart. 
And then it goes on, whoever can be trusted with little can be trusted with much. Whoever is dishonest with little will also be dishonest with much. If you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And you have not been trustworthy with somebody else's property, who will give you property of your own? You'll either, no one can serve two masters, either you will hate one and you'll love the other, or you'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. So we've got this picture that starts with use worldly wealth to gain friends so that when it is gone, when does it go? It goes. Remember? Store up your treasure in heaven where thieves can't touch it, where rust and moths can't make it decay. When it is gone, because it will go, you can't take it with you. That and then, it, then it, shortly later in, in the same chapter, it tells us this story about this rich guy. And, and it says he lived it up. He had a great life. He had all the stuff, an abundant lifestyle. And he said at his front gate, there was a beggar. He's just starving. He just wished he could eat the food that fell from the guy's table. The guy was generous enough to let his dogs go out to lick his sores. And that was it. And then it says one night, both of them died. The beggar went to heaven, paraphrase it. The rich man went to hell. This is story. Follows straight after what we're just reading. Right there, we get our object lesson immediately. We get our object lesson immediately. Straight away, God shows us. Here's someone that is blessed and is walking in the blessing aspect, the intake aspect. And he's got someone at his front gate who he could have been giving excess to. There's a guy starving on his doorstep. And this is what I feel God's talking to us. He's saying, who's on your doorstep? Who's on your doorstep? You don't have to look far. You don't have to look far to be a blessing. If you have to look far to be a blessing, I'm going to say respectfully that you're intentionally looking up. Oh, who can I bless? I can't see anyone that way. <laughs> no one anywhere. It's just like, no, just straight in front of you. Straight in front of you. Straight in front of you. There is avenues that God can use you to be a blessing. There are people that God can use you to connect with through finances. There are poor people that you're able to connect connect with and, and help out we're part of a church where god does ask hey we have needs here that help us to reach our community we, we have a plan here strategic plan that uh, that involves money that we can create a place where people can come where the poor can come where people who need to hear the gospel can come and god's saying here melissa finished last week saying what's your next step and i'm gonna leave you in the same place What's your next step? This, the, the, the story in, in Luke 16 it was the rich man and Lazarus. This rich guy didn't have to look far. Every time he left his house, he walked past his opportunity. Every time. And, and God held him accountable. He says, man, I gave you so much. I gave you so much. But you were blessed to be a blessing. And you let it stop with you. <laughs> you know the cool thing? Remember I said that that passage in 2 Corinthians is like ultimate New Testament, like the breakdown of, of finances and handling finances in king, kingdom way? 
I'm going to read it to you again and we'll close with it. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. So as you release it, it comes back. And Jesus put it like this. The measure you use will be used to shake, press down, shaking together, flowing over. We read about a guy called Isaac just earlier. He, he reaped a hundredfold because the blessing was on him. And God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times, having all you need, you will abandon every good work. As it is written, they have scattered their gifts, they've freely scattered their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply, supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Now this very important passage here says he supplies seed to the sower and bread for food. What's bread? Bread is for you to enjoy for your family. It's yours. So that, anyone sown bread? Don't recommend it. The bread's for you the seeds to sow. The bread's for you, the seeds to sow. God wants you to have bread and he wants you to have seed. And what do you do with the seed? You sow it. What happens to those who sows to those who sow? They reap. Let's read on. You will be enriched in every way. What's that? That's the reaping. So that you can be generous on every occasion. What's that? That's sowing. <laughs> this is kingdom finances. This is understanding how God wants you to be financially. You're blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed. There is bread for you to be a blessing, to sow seed. When God starts to speak to you about money, let, let's not, let, let, don't let the walls come up. Just If you feel those walls, that's cool. It's awesome. Don't, don't, don't be afraid of that. Take that as a heart check. So hang on, God, I am feeling some animosity here towards the topic of money. Where am I serving money? Where am I trying to serve two masters? Why do I have a God competing with you in my life? And and lay it down. Repent. God, here I am. I'm sorry. Teach me. Help me to accept that I'm blessed by you. Help me to... Be generous to let go of it where I can, where I need to. And you know what? Some people, they give and it's not holy giving. It's ego giving. Some people give and it's not holy giving. It's guilt giving. You're giving your bread away. It's not holy at all. And it's just like, well, hang on. God, God why don't you want me to give that? Well, hey, you've got bills to pay. <laughs> hey, the scripture says that a rich man stores up treasure Uh, stores up wealth for his kids' kids. You actually have a responsibility to to, to be generational giver in your family. It's balance. It's two legs. And and when when we feel the the walls come up, let's not not shut down. Let's actually embrace it and say, hang on, God, thank you for showing me this in my heart. 
Let God heal that area in you. Let God give you a healthy relationship with money. Because I promise you, he is a good God. He is good to you and he wants to be, he's a, gen, he's, he's a rich God and he's a generous God and he wants you to be just like your dad. Amen. I'm going to pray. Before I um, pray over this message, I just want to start by, we, we, I believe, learned a bit about our Heavenly Father this morning. And the most important thing to know about Him is that He loves you and He wants to spend eternity with you. And if you've never made that decision to, to spend eternity with God, and what I mean by that is actually say, hey, God, I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. This is your morning. Can I just have every head bowed and every eye closed? Because this is a, this is a holy matter. If that's you, I would just invite you to put your hand in the air. And if you're online, I'll include you in this. If you're listening to this after the fact, this is you. Just put your hand in the air wherever you are. We're going to say a prayer as a church, and I'm just going to invite everybody to follow after me. Just repeat after me, guys. Dear God, today I choose to follow you. Please forgive me for living life my own way. From today forwards, my life is yours. I'm a follower of Christ. If you, made, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, we believe you got born again. A new life started. And we'd love to get in touch with you. We'd love to have a discussion with you and get you some resources to help you on your journey. But I want to pray now for us as we're just letting that word marinate because it's a deep issue. I believe it's probably one of the hardest words to hear is talking about money because it so, touches so close to us. And, and you've done well, guys coming out and putting yourself in a situation where you're prepared to be challenged in this most touchy of areas. Lord, I just bless this church, this congregation. I declare that they are blessed with the blessing of Abraham and all of its benefits. Lord, I say that as heirs of this blessing, we are responsible with it, Lord God. We recognize that we are blessed to be a blessing. We recognize that, Father, and we accept that responsibility we accept that privilege lord we know we can't outgive you so when we do give we give cheerfully lord we give with faith we pray you do a work in our hearts lord that our giving is holy we pray you do a work in our hearts that our interaction with money is clean in a way that pleases you god and we do repent where we, we see we've got money as an idol. Where we say you can go this far and no further in the area of money. And Lord Jesus, we just give you full place in our hearts. We trust you in this area, Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. We're just gonna, I just want, we're just gonna worship a little bit longer, and and, and let's just do business with God. God just spoke a word, and I know this was straight from heaven. This this word, I know it was. 
Let it go deep, guys. Let it just take root in your hearts. So as we worship, let's just surrender. Say, God, whatever you want to do, do it in me, Lord. If anyone wants prayer for anything, the presence of God's here to heal. The presence of God here is here to break through. Just come in and we'd love to pray with you. Let's just stand and worship, church.